are back for another exciting, fun feel drama for your mama week. <laughs> um, this is Megasheen, your podcast for all geeky and gay things from a Black perspective. I am Victor. And I'm Nick. <sighs> and yes, I mean, it seems like every time we record, we just have to put out like a long sigh because it has been a yeah, trauma filled couple of weeks. Black History Month. Black History Month has been American Horror Story. The remix. Well, I the, know. The Dark Child remix. I know. <laughs> you know, um, what's his name? Kaepernick just got some, you know, some grievances. We need to file some grievances for this month. Right. I need to speak to a manager. I know. I'm like, good Lord. Y'all have done the most. And it's still, we have a few more days to go. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Daisy Dash may announce that she's running for president at this point. <laughs> Didn't she try to run for an office in yeah. California and in like Watts. dropped it? In Watts. I'm like, girl, that's the, one of the blackest neighborhoods in this area. And you... Mm. <sighs> you know she was wrong for that. That stupid bitch. Anyway, how have you been, Victor? Oh, God. I have been... I have been okay. You know, it's been a lot. I realize... With my brand new job and my brand new title and brand new pay, you know, you get excited. You're like, oh, I got some new pay. You know, you get all excited about that. But a couple of things. You got some new money coming, but IRS is already just at the door. Just, they're like, bitch, I'm glad you got some new money, but guess what we get? A good chunk of it. Thank you, Trump. So, you know, this month, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I ain't never had to pay no damn taxes in years. And now here they come. I'm like, all right. So well. that, <laughs> that hurts. Uh, but, you know, and also, you know, with this new title, you, I am doing a lot. So a lot of the things I'm doing is creating programs and making sure things are just launching off. And Lord, you know, working in a smaller college than I have in the past. Now, I've always worked in big schools, big schools like Cornell, USC, um, Arizona State. Those are big-ass schools. And so I've always worked in those type of realms where there was an office for the littlest of things. <laughs> Here, it's like it's not. So therefore, you become, you know, the office of all the little things. And I was laughing at one of the things I have to do because I was like, can we just postpone it? <laughs> because I was like, that's all, I already have a lot on my plate. Um, but I can't complain. It's all, it's all stuff that I get to create and work closely with, with students with. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot, but I'm like, Lord. And my boss, we just laughed at it. We laughed at it Friday. And I like to have a boss that we just laugh at the, because she also is new in her position. And so we're all like, Every time we will get something like, oh, we got to do that too? We just start laughing like, what? It was like, okay. So at the end of, of, end of Friday, we were just laughing about all the work. But yeah, you know, it's like, I like that. It's like, we can just laugh at it because we're black folks and we can handle it. So at the end right. of the day, we'll do it. But Lord, what else can you do? You can, that's all you can do is laugh, you know? So, right. But you know, I'm good. I just mailed off all. All of the Strange Lore books, they're all out there. Let me tell y'all something about International. Oh, Lord. I'm glad that I charged y'all a lot for International Mailing because, oh, Lord. <laughs> England, Norway, Germany, y'all hoes are like $25, $28 
to mail stuff. I'm like, whoa, I'm glad I had that money set aside. But the, the post office woman laughed at me. She was like, sir, this is $160. Are you ready to pay? I was like, oh. <laughs> like I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was like, girl, I got this money. I got this money. I was like, oh. I was like I'm mad because she thought I was going to raise some hell. But yeah, this was all out there. And now in March, I can sell the books finally. So I can sell what's left. So yeah. And get that out there. Because some people have, some people are mad. They're like, where is this book? I'm like, oh, okay. DM. <laughs> like, okay. It's, I got DMs from there and um, Instagram. It was like, where is this book? I don't want the computer copy. That's what someone actually said. They don't want the computer copy. They want the computer copy. All right. So you know what? That's cute. That sounds like an auntie thing to say. It really does. And then one more thing. My mama is 67, and she she has got her brand new son in, and it is just platinum ass blonde. And I was like, mama, (laughs) you can't do this anymore. Mama's got a new attitude. You better not judge her. She said, I can do... Well, she just had surgery, and so she feels like, you know, I could have died, so I'm just doing what I want to do. And I was like, okay. So we've had issues already. I think I talked about her one date, and I'm like, you're 67. But apparently everybody says, I need to sit down and shut up because she can go out here and do stuff. And I'm like, well, (laughs) well, probably. (laughs) I know it's true. I'm I'm just saying. I just feel like. Mm. But yeah, she got her brand new platinum blonde hair, and I'm like, "Where are you going with all this to church?" I'm like, "Okay, I'm out." I said, "What? I'm scared of what church is these days. What is church?" You better let uh, your mom live. I guess she's 67. She deserves yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and oh, my birthday was last week. <laughs> right, like, like, well, so. Happy belated birthday. Now, what did you do? How'd you celebrate? Well, I had a couple of dinners. Um, I had like three dinners. Um, I have friends from different, you know, parts of town. So we got together for that. Um, um, You know, people, you know, gave me some special stuff. And I was really excited about that. And, you know, I was getting older. I realized that I am setting my ways. And I realized there's a difference. Like, I almost want... a a 35 and up Twitter. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I feel like we need our own Twitter because there's a lot of people. You can tell a lot of people are young. And I'm like, okay, well, I need 35 and up Twitter. So I kind of had, we had some conversations with people who were a little bit older and we were like, wow, we do realize a difference. But I, there are people that we've been following each other for almost, wow. Twitter's been around for what, 10 years now. We've been following each other since the beginning. And we're just like, wow, we realize that we are old and we are dealing with a lot of young folks out here. So, yes, we want an older Twitter um, just because I think some of y'all might appreciate an older Twitter because some, some of the things y'all talk about on Twitter, whether you're jacking off on Twitter or you're talking about somebody's booty hole, it's, I'm like, okay, all right. So, and then I had to get on one person that I know that loves to post sex scenes. And I'm like, you know what? I would like to open up my TL in public sometime. So that's it for me. How about you? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't have an issue with that, but that is a different subject for a different time. Uh, let's see. Well, I watched this documentary. It was uh, about the Oklahoma City bombing. And it was very interesting how the same concept as far as white supremacy has ebbed and flowed throughout U.S. history and just changed and morphed into something else. You know, like they talked about the initial what led Timothy McVeigh to be how he was. Like um, they talked about, oh, what was it? Ruby... Ruby um, uh, Ridge where they had that standoff and they shot that woman and the kid and they shot and killed the kid and the woman. And then they shot the, the other guy. Then they talked about Waco and how basically uh, what was that guy's name? David Koresh, how he basically punked the U S government into forcing them to attack and then how it kind of basically um, made Timothy McVeigh how he how he was, and kind of it showed where he got his philosophies and all of this shit. It was very interesting, and a part of me, like I remember vaguely oklahoma city bombing i don't remember waco i remember hearing about waco and didn't understand what was going on because it was like what 90 it was early 90s yeah um and so when oklahoma city bombing happened i remember i remember seeing the building i didn't remember how much how many people died you know they said like 168 people died and i think 19 or 20, maybe 25 of them were kids too. And it was just, I understand, I've, this is kind of going to come off like um, weird, but I understand where these people, as far as they feel government is too big or government is basically a bully. I understand that. However, their intent as far as going to say, okay, well, I'm going to hit back. And as, as far as me hitting back, it's me going against other American people. Mm-hmm. And they also went into uh, McVeigh's military background and how he went over to uh, Middle East to fight in the first uh Gulf War and how he didn't, once he was killing Iraqis and whatnot, he felt disillusioned and felt that's where this whole idea of American America being a bully really set in. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would highly suggest watching it. I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about like an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And I think they said at the end, there was like 500 KKK white supremacy group still in America, which, you know, obviously. But, uh, you know, I love my documentaries. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, no. That was like you flying in somewhere. Uh, (laughs) No, I I thought it was very interesting um, to. 
you know, just to hear, I think just that whole situation with David Koresh, because I was around, well, we all were around, but I remember that. I remember Waco. I remember just so many things around that time was very interesting. I think where we had those vampire murders in Kentucky. You remember it was those kids who went to Florida and killed those people and they were from Kentucky. Um, uh-uh. That was a big deal. Like they had, we had an inside edition at the college because somebody was connected to Murray State. It was a lot that happened around that time when it came to, you know, killings and whiteness. <laughs> well, I'm not make a joke of it, but it was just so much that was happening at that time. So it's fascinating to look at some of these documentaries. I wish I was being smart. I was looking at Dayton around on Netflix. <laughs> I was watching that. But, um, which is interesting with <laughs> all dating is for gays and lesbians. Oh, it's very different. I feel like lesbians, have, they, they always have it better than we do. How they lock down dating. Because I feel like when we are dating, we're very sex driven. Very sexual up front. I'm like, am I just old fashioned? I always want, I just believe in the cute flirt and, you know, like a cute little flirt, like, you know, like Breakfast and Tiffany's type of flirting. And you just. Nigga, you, you better have brunch and Tiffany's and think about tomorrow. Shit. But. <laughs> but people are like, let me know all this stuff right up front. And I'm like, you haven't earned all that right up front yet. You know, I need to be enticed. And I feel like sometimes that we have forgotten how to entice people, how to excite people about wanting to know more. You feel like you need to throw it all up front. I'm like, maybe I don't feel like going through all, rummaging all through this garbage. You know, maybe I want to like, you know, take my time and figure out are you going to get this or not? But anyway, just watching that was really interesting and fun. But I don't know. What else? What else? You got uh, let's see. I did. I had to do a, there was a charity drag show. Um, it was called The Black is Beautiful. And it was featuring only black queens. And uh, I was with um, a past past guest of ours, Mr. Uh, International Male Leather 2018, James oh. Lee. Yeah. And I also, um, what was her name? Adriana Fuentes. She's a current reigning All-American goddess at large. I think she's stepping down next month in Dayton, Florida. Uh, who else was I with? So, you know, some other local queens, local talent. It was pretty much fun. You know, we raised some money for the kids. Yeah. Uh, what else? Somebody said they met you. Somebody that I know said they met you. Who? Oh. oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. We'll talk that off. Take that offline. That He is crazy. <laughs> crazy as hell. But yeah, I like him. <laughs> uh, what else? I have started uh, this game. It's called Rain. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the developer's name, but uh, it's an uh, indie indie game, mm-hmm. and the story is that the this like girl she's she looks like a spirit, and she appears to you and in your bedroom, and something is chasing her. It looks like some kind of demon, and it's called the unknown. So you get out of your little bed and you start chasing her. Well, you become like a spirit too. And the rain is the only thing that illuminates you. And if you're not in the rain, like if you're under some kind of awning or whatever, then you're invisible. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of, so well, so far, there's no kind of names. There's no kind of faces. 
there's no kind of reasoning as to what is going on. And it seems like the rain is supposed to be be a metaphor for like isolation or loneliness or depression or something. There's some kind of bigger meaning into this. But it's interesting. And the music, I think they use classical pieces. Um, but yeah, it's enjoyable. It's very lonely. But it's a different um, different change of event, uh, change of environment versus, you know, something like Overwatch or God of War, you know, something to relax. It sounds like, but, like almost Silent Hill, but not because Silent Hill gets a little crazy. Yeah, it's definitely, it has some elements to that, but it's not as scary mm-hmm. as Silent Hill. Hmm. I like this whole like the like this unknown thing coming after you. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, they'll come in my bedroom. Like you need to get out. I'm like you need to go. Right, home. bitch. I got to get up in the morning. What are you doing here? I got to run with you. <laughs> but that, that sounds pretty. That sounds interesting, though. You know, I love me some demons. So that. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. But yeah, that's just what I've been up to. All right. Well. Well, I guess we should get on open this tea because it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. It has and has not been, but it's been a lot. So let's start with... Let's start with something um, light. Yeah. <laughs> the Hunting of... If y'all have not watched The Hunting of uh, Hill House, that was on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. Um, it is a very interesting show. Um, and... Um, it follows a family throughout many years in their life and the tragedies of things they had living in the haunted house. So imagine you having an effed up family already and guess what? You live in a haunted house. And guess what? That affects you most of your life. But now they have a new one coming out and I, you know, Ryan Murphy needs to get a check because he has re- rebooted anthologies because now everybody wants to do one. There's going to be a new, um, a new one called The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's based off an old white book, basically, <laughs> but it's based off of an old story um, where I think um, a nanny's looking after some kids or something, but it's going to have some of the same characters, not same characters, but the same actors playing different characters. So again, that's kind of like how Ryan Murphy is doing American Horror Story. Um, but this will be coming out a little bit later on. It looks like it'd be interesting, um, but... What I'm tired of, because there's another show called The Order that's coming out, and it's about white folks and magic, and we have the magicans, which is not really all white, but yeah. So I feel like that I'm a little tired of these supernatural shows with white families, white cast. It's time to mix that up. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just time to mix a lot of that up. But yeah, these shows are coming out very soon. I'm going to check out the the blind mana one because I did like the, the hunting of of Hill, of Hill House ah, a lot of H's um, I don't know did you ever see or kind of checked out a little bit of the Hill House I watched one episode of Hill House <laughs> and I think it was like on during uh, Christmas break or whatever yeah. and I was like okay this is cool you know it's another typical 
white family and their haunting shenanigans, you know. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Casper. Um, I will get to it eventually. It's just not something on my radar. Yeah. But I heard it was, my sister said it was good. So I believe their, their judgment. Yeah. I mean, it was good. But yeah, I'm just, I'm getting tired of just white folks and supernatural things. I feel like that has just been, I feel like at this point now, we should be not seeing so much of that. Even though I will look at the order, even though I will look at the Blythe Manor, I would just like to have, well, if a black family was haunted by something, you know, I still think about Eve's Bayou and how that was just so beautiful. And even, um, I forget, Moselle, is that her name? The, the, who, you know, the aunt with the met with who was psychic and she's still haunted by her past lovers. And it's just stuff that I'm like, we could have these same stories too. I mean, we got, could you imagine a black family dealing with haunting? <laughs> I mean, like, it's just like, can we do <laughs> that? Because you think of some of the things we deal with in our families, you know, and religion and sometimes dealing with, you know, you know, bad uncles and bad aunts, you know, in certain situations and just so many things that could be wrapped around with hauntings and, and, and supernatural things. So I would just, somebody, if hell, give me the money, I'll do it. If, if something, we just need to see more of that and maybe we will um because i want to jump into the twilight zone that trailer came out did you see that uh-huh. uh yes i did and there was a lot of recognizable faces there it was like they had tracy morgan and lathan john joe greg kinnear dewanda wise stephen yoon um yeah this looks really good now i am a bit confused are they going is jordan peele doing all new stories or are, is he taking for example after hours and doing a new spin on it you know that's a good question because a part of me made me think it felt like it gave me a little bit of um oh what is that show that used to be on x files it gave me a little bit of that like they were going to explore some of these issues. Cause you know, you saw the mask uh-huh. of the gremlin from the original, um, the one about the flight it, just floating in the water. And I'm like, that's interesting. Like, is this, are they like looking into it? Because you also see the one with the boy with those powers. Um, right. The one, wasn't that the one that everybody was scared of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if y'all have not seen Twilight Zone, the movie, I recommend you see that because that is, I think it's still good to this day. Because um, John Lithgow plays the guy in the, in the plane. But I just feel like um, this could be something that's really fun. It looks fun. It looks like it's going to be something that's going to really just grab us. I hope um, CBS is ready because <laughs> I feel like that they got to be able to deliver. But, you know, I think it's going to be pretty good. I mean, I trust what Jordan is going to do with this. And it looks like it's going to be like they're investigating. It looks like that, but who knows? It could be something totally different. True. Yeah. Now, I still hate that it's behind. It's on that CBS Act All Access yeah. streaming service. I was like, ugh. But I might <sighs> I might go ahead and bite that bullet and get it. 
Yeah, because it feels like I, I need to do that as well as DC. So I feel like I need to get these two things because I feel like DC's live action show is about to destroy like Arrowverse and all that stuff on CW. So I feel like I might need to just need to get into those. But this Twilight Zone looks like it's going to really be something that's going to be like just it's going to probably really just change some things. And I really want to see what they're going to do. Like I want to know what I was looking for everything I can to find like what are they doing in this? Mm-hmm. I like there's mystery about that. So we will see how they would do it, but it seems like it's gonna play on some of the old, you know, old shows that that was there, and they're gonna kind of do some new twists with those. I think Jordan Peele has really found his wheelhouse in this new horror lane, and I would like to see more black creatives get into horror because even. I was, when I was coming home one day, I was thinking about Get Out and how that, like, seeing that once was enough for me (laughs) because there's a lot of white people that I know that look and talk and think like those uh, white people in Get Out as far as, oh, I would have voted for Obama the third time. Oh, uh," you know, the whole... I'm liberal facade, but I'm not, I'm, I'm a liberal, but I'm actually racist. And that's another thing that a lot of people are under this, and I don't know why I'm, I'm ranting, but I'm going to go ahead. That this whole thing that, oh, to be a racist, you know, you have to burn across somebody's yard or wear a red hood or a white hood, and then that's it. A lot of these races looks like the people that we know, looks like the doctors, the people that take our food orders. Um, And it's just, you can't, it's not so black and white when it comes to, oh yeah, that guy's a racist and that guy's a racist and that woman's a racist. No, because a lot of these uh, people will smile on your face, and then backstab you. Yeah. I know you know that song. Um, oh, God, what is it? Uh, smiling Faces. Yeah. Smiling Faces, you see. <sighs> but going back to <laughs> Twilight Zone, I'm excited about it, and I'll probably bite the bullet and get the streaming service. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they they have another supernatural show coming out, and I see the ads all the time where somebody's in the middle of a pentagram. So I I don't want to see what that's about as well. But yeah, this is this is going to be something that's going to be really fun, and I'm excited for Jordan and Monkey Pie and what they're going to do <laughs> with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, let's see, keeping it light. Um, let's get into some video game stuff. Let's get into some video game stuff. So, this past, no, actually last week, they had a uh, another combat cast where they revealed that Jade was going to be an, another playable character in the upcoming Mortal Kombat 11 game. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know, Jade was a, initially in, I think, Mortal Kombat 
two, she was a hidden character and basically a palace swap of Katana. Since then, she has morphed into her own character and she has been, she's a friend of Katana and also her bodyguard. Mm -hmm. So in the events in previous games, she was killed off by Sindel. And now a sorcerer has resurrected her and she is now serving the nether realm mm -hmm. so the developers have made her faster than previous in, uh, entries she has like a very dancer quality to her uh it's she moves very fluid and like a ninja would yeah. um let's see i think she's very she's probably going to be a person that i pick up off and on uh, now, some people were so upset, and this is like very on point with these shitheads, <laughs> that I don't know which gamer or which Twitter user it was. It really doesn't matter because he's non-relevant. That Jade was, quote, unsexy in, in order to validate this, quote, unquote, boner culture, which I don't even... I didn't even know it was a thing <laughs> that the developer should have made her more sexy, her breasts more voluptuous, you know, all of this jazz. And it's the same mentality that they said when Scarlet was announced because mm -hmm. Scarlet was a DLC character in Mortal Kombat nine. And she was very uh, scantily dressed. Now she's more covered up and everybody, these dude bros have a problem with it. I'm like, well, you know, First of all, if I am a fighter, fighting in heels is actually kind of not ideal. Yeah. Also, if I'm a fighter, I don't want to have basically my whole body like unclothed. So if somebody stabs me, then I'm done for. So maybe as a fighter, I should cover up more. It's just... And it also alluded to the fact that you use these women and video games uh, for fat material. I'm like, that is really sad. And I really need you to speak to a professional, <laughs> someone who uh, like went to school to help people mm -hmm. because I'm just going to talk about you. And you should, like, I don't, I never have understood that, like, you know, of course we grew up, for example, you know, we grew up with, you know, with Wonder Woman or many cartoons in the back in the day where the women did wear heels or whatever. You think about She-Ra, how she was, if you look at She-Ra back in the day, she was heavily made up. Like her face was beat. Um, all that faces were beat with makeup and eyeliner, but then when they remade it, they kind of changed things around. It's, I think a lot of these, and I'm not making excuses for them, but they have grown up with those images for so long, especially in the 90s. Mm -hmm. You look back at the 90s with comics and how big breasts and good. little bitty waist, like those, yeah. That. Yeah, I look back at those like, wow. Like, I didn't even, even when I was doing, when I wanted to be a designer and I was drawing, um, and the way I even drew women, I was like, whoa. Like, I, it caught my, like, I, I look back at old drawings and I'm like, wow. I was, even I was influenced in doing it that way. I think a lot of them are still caught up in that and not realizing that that would be uncomfortable fighting in heels and that, you know, you want to be strapped down if you're fighting. I mean, no one is going to want to wear some 
bustier and then trying to do all these, you know, that's not going to be comfortable. So of course she wants, she's going to wear something that's going to keep, you know, everything in place, but also comfortable. And if she's fighting, she's not thinking about being sexy. Who's thinking about being sexy when you're fighting? I'm, what I got to fight for my damn life, I can't be worried about if my girls are going to come out of this uh, little bustier or brassiere that I'm wearing. I know, which shows that men, these men, and like, for example, men, are you want to wear like a sexy um, jock strap? Do you want to wear some type of thing you're trying to fight because stuff's going to be moving and falling and... Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all need to think about it from your this perspective. Like, do you want to wear a damn some damn briefs trying to fight? That's not how it's gonna work. So it's crazy. Get it's on. so crazy. But Mortal Kombat comes out uh April twenty third, and I believe the beta version is coming out uh, sometime in March. And also, if you are of the LGBT community and want to do a a lobby. With me, I think I'm going to stream that week, that weekend. Um, send me a message, either on Twitter or um, somewhere that you're interested, and we can set like a LGBT night only Mortal Kombat lobby. And that's all I got for video game news. Right, let's get into some movies real quick. So, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel will be out in less than two weeks. <laughs> Have you got your tickets yet? Because I still um, hang by. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Excuse me. <laughs> I am re- already set. We're already set. At the arc light? Um, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we, I'm no shade, but my crew and I, we're not going to just some AMACE, wherever it is, AMC. No. Because I'm going to be bougie for a moment. I can't go to the movies with everybody. Because everybody doesn't know how to act. And I can't be with just everybody. I got to go with people who understand that paying $18 for a ticket, bitch, you better be quiet and attentive. We ain't got time for you to try to check your little raggedy Facebook acting like you important in the middle of the movie. When you're not, I'm like, you ain't me. You ain't anybody else. So why are you checking your Facebook? Or checking your messages, like if it's that important, no shade. I used to be in the movie theater when I was on call for the entire University of USC. I didn't, well, let me quit. I'm about to say, I didn't check my phone anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I did check my phone, but I did. But if it was an emergency, I answered it, but I walked out. I didn't try to do anything. But anyway, yes, I'm ready for this movie. And this movie has already got some reviews. But speaking of dude bros, what did they do? Try to bring it down. <laughs> they try to bring it down with some negative reviews, but they were called out on it. And it really didn't hurt anything because people are still seeing the movie. In fact, the ticket sales kind of went up. The pre-ticket sales went up. <laughs> so I don't know what they were trying to do, but it kind of failed. I'm so tired of these sensitive ass people like why do you go out of your way to make something that is actually not for you or not primarily for you go down like it just means it please go get some help because this shit is so fucking tiring to hear the same thing 
if you we had we saw it with the Ghostbusters, uh, the all women that oh y'all are fight y'all are messing up the classics or we don't need no females. It's just like just go sit down, just go sit down, and then in turn, in that same breath, saying that you don't want anything that's female led yeah. in this whole oh i'm afraid of estrogen type bullshit then you also want these women to bounce up and down on your little bitty ass dick like no you can't say one thing and then also say that no that's not how this shit goes yeah. i'm tired of man I am too. i'm just like this movie's gonna make its money anyway like i don't know what they was hoping to do I do wish that, you know, and I think they're dealing with it now on Rotten Tomatoes, but I wish that they would kind of mark, like, who are you? And, like, what are you doing? And all that good stuff. But I just feel like that, you know, y'all have to get over the fact that um, many people want to see um, women in these roles. Um, Carol Danvers has been around for decades. So that's something you cannot stop. She has been around longer than some of y'all have been alive <laughs> and it's right. just you know that character is an interesting character she's a fascinating character and she will be um, something that people want to see she has played a very important roles within the marvel universe and so be it and then when x-men are coming you know we're gonna have a lot more with that and you know you think about women characters you know like wonder woman and storm and captain marvel and you know all these characters jean gray and Donald Troy, all these characters that we have loved for many years in comics, the fanfare for these characters are huge. So regardless of what y'all feel, people really, like hell, many people got into X-Men because of Storm and Jean. That is the only reason why many people even read. Right. Or, you know, stay in it. The biggest story in the X-Men is the Phoenix Saga, for God's sakes. You know, you think about all these major... Um, things that happen had a lot to do with women. The the biggest downfall of the Avengers had a lot to do with um, Scarlet Witch. So it's always going to be something which you we can you can argue about that. But at the same time, you can look at the fact that many of the high story driven story uh, features have been about some of the women characters, and so that's what draws the attention. People going to be out there to watch, and you have to get over it. <laughs> you can die mad. I mean, I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> you can do that too. You can't. We know we're gonna be there. This movie's gonna make a lot of money. Um, the reviews. If you look past those raggedy reviews, the reviews are pretty good. People are very excited for this. Um, everybody has been talking about the ones who have already seen it. <sighs> for those of y'all, whatever. But y'all already seen it. Um, people have already talked about they really love it. Um, they can because they can only say so much because the embargo. But they enjoy it, and people are excited to see what's next. And um, there's a lot in this movie. For what I kind of know, there's a lot in this movie that you really have to pay attention to because it has a lot to do with what's going to happen next. So I'm really excited to dive into this next week or this week because um, we get we do get to see it semi-early. But I'm really excited um, to just really sit down and really digest this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited and yes we will be giving our review of it mm -hmm. on our next show is the next show yeah yeah um and we will be joined with a special guest mm -hmm. um yeah i'm ready for it i'm ready for it. see carol <laughs> yeah see them all 
Um, also, not in such great movie news, but as y'all know, the Ghostbusters are coming back. Um, it's going to be different than the one we just had that was all female-driven, but it's it's going to be somewhat um, kind of the one that's, the I guess, the original three. Well, the original third movie or whatever you want to call it. Jason Redman is doing it, but he... He kind of caused a little bit of drama because he got on the internet, which some of y'all need to think about when y'all get on the internet. Y'all need to sit down and go like, what am I going to say about this? Like, what is this going to look like? Um, so, you know, he's going to get on the internet and he's like saying how this is, basically he's going to, his version is going to hand the movie back to the fans. Um, and that was basically that was a dog whistle tactic. <laughs> he can say what he what it really meant or what he was actually trying to say, but no, a lot of people took that as something else. As far as oh, we're going to give this back to the male fans. Yeah. So uh, let me. Do, well, actually, we'll read what he said. He said this is going to be a love letter to Ghostbusters. I love this franchise. I grew up watching it. I consider myself the first Ghostbuster fan. Okay. I I was like seven years old when I watched the movie, and I love it. And I want to make the movie for my fellow fans. He also kind of went as far as to say, we are ever trying to go back to the original technique and hand the movie back to the fans. And I was like, okay. So this, the fans of this movie let's see the last movie was what in 1987 88 when you talk about ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. so and yeah like late 80s so this is kind of these fans are kind of old they're it's in my because i remember seeing the movie i saw it over the summer um in augusta georgia so i remember seeing that movie and i remember that's because it came out the same year as batman did so that was a big year. You know, that came out, Batman, Lethal Weapon 2, all that came out around that time. So I get that fanfare, because that was a big time. I remember that feeling. But those fans are my age. So what you're basically saying is you're just, you want to hand it back to people who were, you know, when movies were made without any true regard and, and sometimes made very sexist, very racist around that time, you know, cause a lot of the movies around them were not PC at all. Um, and it's almost kind of a, a shade thrown to the, to the last Ghostbusters movie, which I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed that movie. It was fun, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't, know why he needed to say that i think he had to go back and kind of backtrack a little bit with that statement because that was i think leslie <laughs> leslie joe has some words um and you know i feel like if you're going to hand it back to the fans how did, i mean you don't know if that if the last movie was something that the fans really enjoyed um so yeah. let's not do that let's not try to i'm giving it back to the fans because yeah, first of all are they who's really screaming for another one i didn't know people were screaming for another ghostbusters nobody really and like <laughs> she said leslie jones basically said it was a dick move and it was something trump would do and i was but like I, yeah it is something like trump would do yeah and jason is saying that he's like oh i'm the first fan i'm like you only saying that because your daddy uh directed didn't he direct ghostbusters too 
I think so. So, just stop with this whole, oh, it was my first love, you know, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, <laughs> head ass. Like, we not trying to hear that. We are really not. Yeah. Yeah, if you're right about if if that's correct, you know, and I think it is, but his father doing all this at that time, you had no choice. <laughs> that was your entire household. Yep. Right. So of course that you had to love it because you're that's well, hell. That's how you had your childhood. You know, keep it real. <laughs> like you was able to have a childhood because he was out here making these movies. So of course you feel a certain way about it. If my mama was making hell xanadu of course i'm gonna be like well i already love the movie but i'll probably be all in love with it because my mama did it and that was you know all over my house so whatever um we'll see we haven't seen anything with this and i remember when they had some scripts out about the third one it was gonna have all different types of members it's gonna have some of the members not all of the members and whatever so who knows what's gonna happen with this but let's let's i don't know i really don't want another i Whatever. We'll just see how it goes. Like, I, I do like Ghostbusters too. Like, yeah. I really do. Especially because, I think it was because of the soundtrack. Yeah. But the streets ain't calling for, like, another Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It is not. Certainly not my boulevard. It's not either. And the streets are not calling, jumping on something really quick, they're not calling for, um, Joey Lawrence to be Batman either because now he's participating. <laughs> he's out here, he is out here in public, you know, trying to get people to. He's he's like, you know, petitioning people to like to be the new Batman. I'm like, okay. I, I, I heard Robert uh, Patterson is supposed to the dude from Twilight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to be bored, I would go turn on Fox News. Yeah, I heard he was going. I heard that they look at that Matt Bomber again, um, which I could see Matt because he has that brooding but still kind of hot look to him. But you know, again, not to bring up Batman all over again, but it's just interesting that Jory Lawrence is out here pushing for that. I'm like, Jory Lawrence, girl, ain't nobody heard from you in a minute. So I don't know if you want to do that, but. Yep, so that's what's happening in the movie world. Um, <laughs> do we want to go ahead and just jump into the this, the big pot of mess, the big blue? Uh, before we do that, uh, real quick, RuPaul's Drag Race is supposed to start next week, season oh, 11. Okay. It feels I am dragged the goddamn out. What did you feel about the the All-Star situation? This. I didn't. I didn't feel yeah. anything because yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, so I stopped watching partly because my DVR didn't record it for some odd reason. But then I got spoiled and my horse got sent home early. Mm-hmm. Manila. So I was like, okay, so since she's not there, this really for no reason for me to watch. <laughs> and so enough, like I didn't really give a damn anymore. So it was like, I knew they were going to pull some stunts or whatever. And I I was like, okay. So they went the whole crown two winners, which whatever they're going to do what they want, regardless of how the fans feel or say. 
I felt, well, some people said that they were going to, they had to crown Monet because the All-Stars were looking very white. And I was like, accurate. But let's not also invalidate Monet's performance throughout the season. She did good. Mm-hmm. Certainly enough to do to crown her a, a co-winner. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, okay, it is it is what it is and it's done. But this new season starts, like I said, the twenty eighth. Um I don't know if I really want to watch it, but I know I want to watch it for like a couple of people, name it, uh, namely Nina West. Um, I know her costume designer. He did some costumes when I was in a play a couple of times, and he lives here. And uh, Yvie Oddly, I think she's out of Denver. She's very weird, and I like a weird kind of drag that is not the typical drag that I'm used to. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Um, if nothing else to see uh New York Tiffany Pollard on there. <laughs> but after this season, I need RuPaul's Drag Race to go on hiatus for a, an extremely long time. Yeah, it, it, it they seem like it's coming out so many times. I'm like, it's a lot. Drag Race has been on since Christmas. Because they had that Christmas special. Mm-hmm. They had the season of All Stars. Now they got to season 11. <laughs> this is probably going to go on until like the end of May. Yeah. I'm like, oh, haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> I mean, really. <sighs> but yeah. Well, Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it is coming. Um, Let's get into it. Hold on. Let me sip this this vodka. Well, on a side note, if y'all haven't seen, before we get into it, if you haven't seen an Umbrella Academy, do check it out. It's, um, I thought it was interesting. Um, it probably could have been shorter than the episodes that we had, um, but it was very interesting, very doomed. Patrol, very Doom Patrol-ish, um, very awkward. The it's uh, it's that same format as you know the father figure finding these different types of superpower people, and then raising them. Very Professor X. It's very X Men-ish, but not. It's like if X Men, if Xavier was like a hard ass dad alcoholic. So it's like something like in that realm of things. But he wasn't alcoholic. But you know, it's just check it out if you get a chance. I thought it was cute. Um, okay, so <laughs> there has been a lot that has went down with this, and I personally believe that we're kind of torn as a community about it because it's like people. There's a lot that that has happened with it. So from the last time we talked about it, um, it went from he was a victim to he became a suspect to he was arrested. Um, that was a lot. <laughs> it was like a season of like an old like dynasty almost. You know, like something happens and then it goes to 
that and then you see Sable laugh on the corner at the corner of something where someone's like, You are now about to get arrested. You know, you can see Sable laughing. Um but yeah, we're at this level. Um and it has taken an interesting turn because you know it the, the Chicago Police Department was in charge of the investigation. The Chicago Department Police Department is not to be trusted. You can think about the past situations they have been into, um, where they have cover up and everything else. Now you have two sides of this story when it comes to how people look at it. You have some people who are looking at it from like you cannot trust them for what they've done in the past, but then you have some people who will be like. And it was interesting because I thought I was like I said I see where y'all get this from, but they were looking at like well, hell they had no choice. You they this case was just put on their damn table and they just had to investigate it, but they have nothing to gain from it. So they look at it as, well, why would they lie? So you have people kind of torn in that particular piece. Um, and I'm like, well, you still can't, it's hard to trust them because of what they've done. We know their record. We've seen what they've done in um, that, you know, when you think about how they try to cover up the man that they tried, that they shot, you, that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we're sitting up here going like, okay, it's hard to trust y'all, but yet I understand, again, this was put on the, put on their desk. Like, if any, if this happened in, you know, Lexington, Louisville, <laughs> LA, it would have been put on any of their tables to fix. So I, I can see where people are saying, well, damn, they had to do this case, but they also had to do this case with the evidence they presented. If you go back and look at the evidence, this is where I had to be. This is how I process things for me. I'm a person like I can get caught up in the hype of things, but then of a moment I'll have that moment. You know, you watch movies and there's that moment where somebody realized. I remember watching um, Deceived with Goldie Hawn, and it was that moment when she realized that wait, my husband may not be dead. He may still be alive. And then when she realized like this bitch is alive. It's that moment was like, wait a minute, let me look at everything in front of me. And I go back to the original story. And I think about like, wow, that was a lot. There was bleach, noose, hats, chants, things that happened. But then when I looked at that story, I was like thinking, oh, there's a lot of questions that I don't know if I ever asked. Like, you know, two in the morning, Chicago, it's below zero. I'm going to Subway. Now, I was like, well, if it was me, First of all, I'll be calling DoorDash because I like leaving to go out. <laughs> if I'm going to go out to eat, Subway is not the choice. And if there's DoorDash, I'm going to do it. If I'm a celebrity, why am I just blankly walking around? Like, you know, I'm like, okay, that's me. That's me asking questions because I ask a lot of questions. But then when you think about how it went down, it was like, okay, that that's something about the way that went down. And I went along. I believe everything. I believed everything. But then when I started thinking about it, I was like, maybe some stuff is not coming together, but we'll see how it goes. And then after the investigation, I was like, woo, okay. Um, now, people are like, we can't trust the, the cops. I'm like, I agree, can't trust them. But what I pay attention to is the lawyers and the prosecutor. That's what kind of shook me up because I'm like, we haven't heard much from them. And usually when a lawyer is confident in their people, they out there all over the news. Girl, he didn't do it. You know, you always get that from them. And I think of Michael Avenatti, even though I don't like to use him because he's kind of a cessation with, with, with his stuff. 
But you look at lawyers, how they will be like, we can, we, we stand behind, blah, blah, blah. This is how we feel. But they were very, to me, they were very silent. And then how things went to the grand jury right away. And now here we are, you know. And I, to be honest with you, I, I'll just say it. I think he did play a part in it. Uh, I, I don't, it seems that, well, he's, I think he said something about drugs, that he's dealing with a drug habit. And play I, that white card. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then he said, was that Molly? I was like, Molly? I said, no shade, but I knew students who were doing Molly. And Molly is kind of a party drug. It's like ecstasy. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's under that same type yeah. of drug. And, you know, that's the type of drug that, um, well, Miley Cyrus was like, you know, I think about people I know who have done it or whatever. It's not the type of drug that gets you to just, just wild out and come up with schemes. So I, I don't know what to really think of it. I'm not saying that I believe the cop. Like I'm, uh, I'm, uh, oh, goodness. It's, I'm not. I, I don't like the narrative that because you don't believe him, that means you believe the cops. I don't think that's a fair analysis. I think that when you kind of look at things, you, you have to ask the questions. You have to ask the questions. And we should not be afraid to ask questions. And we should not be um, marked as we believe the cops because you ask questions. I think you should have the right to do that. Any logical person would want to ask questions. But I just feel like that we're at a point that we're going to have to and I've heard other people say this, we're going to have to put our big pants on and realize that this could be completely true. And we have to accept that. I don't know why that's so, I know why it's so hard for us to do it because it's somebody of, it's black. The same way we were about OJ. We didn't want to believe that he probably did it, but now we're like, he did. But at that time, yeah, we were like. That nigga killed that white woman. Huh? I said that nigga killed that white woman. But you know, at the time, we were like, <laughs> We were like, no, and we were happy when he got off, right? But I think now we're like, mm, well, looking back, and I think what we have to sometimes do is we have to hold people accountable. Because it's like, you sh we should support him. Like, yeah, supporting him is sometimes holding him accountable. The same way is like we have, you know, if somebody is having a drug problem in our family, we have to hold them accountable. That means you take them to rehab. Hell, did y'all not watch um, Intervention? Like, that's stuff, like, you have to be like, that's holding someone accountable is putting them in those situations to where they get better. So I, I, I struggle with how we are not always ready to put our big panties on and deal with the fact that this could be real because to be honest with you, he's human. That's another thing. I think we've put him up in that celebrity status that he can't do anything wrong, but we know people within our own family who has done felonies and stuff. It's not worse. We got people out there who shot up folks. I do. So I'm just saying that we have to be honest with ourselves that this could be real. This, he is human. We have done stuff. We have seen people do stuff. We know people have done stuff somewhat similar, if not worse. And we have to probably just be ready for the, the truth. I think that's a hard thing for us because he's a black person. We don't want our people to fall apart, but we have to just own the fact that could, that could be true. Um, but we can't, but let's not attack each other because some of us are not saying that he didn't do it. Cause I know I, I'm not one of these people who's going to be like, I'm going to hold out. I'm like, I, I don't know how much, what are we holding out for? Because even if 
there's pieces that are always going to be wrong with every case. That is a given. Every case, every major case, even the Timothy, the Timothy McVeigh, there's been mistakes in every case. There's going to be mistakes. So that's something that I, I feel like y'all just now are realizing. But there will always be some mistakes. You can watch How to Go Over a Murder and they always highlight that, oh, that was a mistake that they did. They turned this part in or somebody's handprint was on that or this was not accurate. That happens. Again, we just have to be ready for the fact that this, the, the way it's looking right now, it looks like he is guilty. If that is completely the case, we just have to accept that. That's me. Where, where are you at with it? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so I believe, Jesse, I believe that something had happened. Now, what I don't, I don't understand how black people were so quick to condemn the Chicago police when it came to Laquan McDonald when he was murdered. Mm -hmm. But now, all of a sudden, we're to believe the police. Mm -hmm. When, if something is, if a case is under investigation, that means all possibilities have not been looked at. Mm -hmm. So now we've had all of these leaks in this case. Mm -hmm. So the investigation in itself is tainted. Mm -hmm. And if you were to go through a grand jury with this, I would actually, as a judge, I would have to throw this out because it's too public facing. Mm -hmm. There's been too many leaks. There's been too many fake news that has been getting out, mm -hmm. and which I'll come back to one uh, later. Mm -hmm. Which it, I don't know who to believe. I don't know which, what information is right. I don't know. I just don't know, and I, I'm really sick and tired of like there was one report that came out. And then somebody was like, oh, now, uh, since Jesse is lying, so does uh, all the straight black men, do we get an apology from the uh, LGBT community? I'm like, nigga, oh, no. <laughs> you can find me in hell before you get an apology from me. Like, let's say for argument's sake, Jesse is guilty. And this was a whole ruse to somehow he wanted more money or an empire. Okay, whatever. Well, let's believe that for a second. So you mean to tell me one person's actions invalidates all of the atrocities straight people, especially straight black people have done to black LGBT uh, people as far as killing trans women, as far as all of the harassment, sexual, and it, don't tell me that, oh, Jesse, uh, Jesse's transgressions maxes out or cancels out all the, all of the transactions or aggressions from straight people. No, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. And going back to this whole, this fake news thing, and this is where I blame this whole era of Trump is that there are so many false stories that are 
circling around that we can't get through the noise. Mm-hmm. And that has basically skewed our critical thinking skills. It's like we're so quick to jump on some kind of story that we don't even we don't even look we don't even read the article we don't even look where the article is being posted from you know whenever somebody has a point i always try to make it a point to tell them to cite the sources because if you're just saying, oh, uh, Obama is actually a, a white person with a really good tan, I'm, I'm just like, okay, where are you getting this information from? Mm-hmm. Or Trump was at the, the Million Man March and he's actually listening to Beyonce sing, you know, crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. Cite your sources. Sure. And we're, it just, we're living in this era that, we can't cut, like I said, we can't cut through the noise and something really serious could be waiting in plain sight. I've always said, I've said on this a few times, the best way to hide something is in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And if something, let's say another terrorist attack was supposed to happen, we couldn't get the correct information yeah. I still don't think we have the correct information from 9-11, but that is a whole different story. Yeah. It's, I, I really don't know how long that they can drag this out. I don't believe the Chicago PD. I don't believe them at all. Now, maybe, maybe Jesse has some kind of fault here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but... Until you tell me some specific evidence, then I am inclined to believe Jesse. Yeah. And even then, if, a, somebody, if something is under, under investigation, then all of that evidence should be presented in the court, not to the public. Since when did the public all of a sudden become the jury? If this is a criminal matter, the public doesn't have anything to do with it. And you're already convicting Jesse mm-hmm. in this public court. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, why have, why go to, why go to court anyway, if you were already convicting him? Yeah. I, because and that's the thing. And I get, I get that. I, I struggle with the, the, the police department. I am not, I'm not going to stand with them on this, but I do, what I'm standing with is I'm watching the actions, as I was saying, with the lawyers. I'm watching their actions because because of the way they've been responding to things, I'm like, okay, if they, they're not even... I think when I watched something, I think one of, the, one of the women or somebody who was working on the case, she was very cryptic. And I was like, it, it was like a few hours before he went, went to the grand jury. And I was like, that's not a good sign if it's going straight to them. So that's where I... My thing is more with the people working on the, the prosecutors and the lawyers. I'm not that, that again, when it comes to that department, it, it's just hard to put my trust in that. So it's hard for me to really stand with that. But my fear is because it moved 
quickly with the prosecutors and the lawyers over to the grand jury and that and and then they arrested him it's like okay they must have these are things we will not see for a while we won't see that the same as as you look at the molar case there are things like you know when they do release it there's a lot of redacted things there's stuff that mm-hmm. we're not even going to know so i'm like okay well i'm not going to sit here and speculate i'm just going to just if they felt that they could have they they can go ahead with that i'm like well then i was like well damn that something must have they have something we just won't see it the media what you talk about the media is that to me what we're seeing is you know we're seeing how how, how cessationalism works and i'm just going to call it out for example um there's been a couple like i'll use the grill the, the grill i mean that call it for what it is i mean sometimes it's credible sometimes it's not but they spent 14 hours almost 24 hours um with this story so we got breaking news that proves that you know jesse did not pay those brothers and that that statement was there for 24 hours before they just released one four hours ago they said that well he in the text said that he paid you know them for fitness and i was like thinking well who's gonna actually say that they're paying somebody to do something like that nobody's gonna reveal that i mean no i mean they're not gonna do that like for example when you used to order porn on you know when you used to order porn videos and stuff from a company they're not gonna say on your bank statement this is porn they're gonna say this is from suzanne's sugar house like something like that it'll be something it won't actually say what it is or if you look back at the heidi fly situation when people writing checks to you know get those high those high class prostitutes it was not even said what it is of course they're not going to reveal what it is because who's going to do that that's stupid so i felt like what some of these news places are doing or sensationalizing the story. They are doing it so you can still stay with them to get the latest. Cause they will say that if you look at what they will say, they'll say to get the latest, follow us. So I'm like, that's not, you're sensationalizing the story to where it's not even, you're not even giving us news like TMZ. I mean, take it for what is what it was TMZ, but they was running the story yesterday. Like they was like, we know that he did not pay them for this. But, and you're right when you said that people don't even read the stories anymore. It's these headlines. Pay attention to the headlines. They do it to you every time. They just did it to Kamala Harris about that whole weed thing. Said that she lied about it. But then if you read the story and watched the video, you realize that that was not true. It's the same with TMZ. TMZ is saying, well, he didn't pay them. And then they was, but then when you read the story, they'll say, well, our sources told us. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your sources. Who are your sources? Your sources could be his his camp. Your sources can be Johnny down the street. Your sources can be anyone. So anytime you see those things like our um, you know, our our anonymous sources, you have to take those with a grain of salt. The same way we took it with a grain of salt when the when the the police department was getting sources, unnamed sources, you have to take it the same way with some of these places getting unnamed sources. We can't have it both ways. We have to be like don't give me these unnamed sources. Give me names. Who said this? Who knows this? That I can't go with you on that. So when it comes to the media, stop sensationalizing the story. This is somebody's life. So stop doing that. And y'all quit jumping to them. Like you were saying, stop jumping to these stories as fact. Because until they quit saying sources, then we, that you can't rely on that. Quit doing it. And I wish these sites quit doing it. I was a little mad at Grio for doing it because they kept people 
for those of y'all who wanted to stay in that story, 24 hours, we got breaking news, something more is coming, 24 hours, only for y'all to say, well, he said in the text it wasn't that. I'm like, that, you could have just said that. <laughs> you could have said that earlier. Like, uh-huh. you don't play people like that because what y'all doing is you're, you're perpetuating the whole fake news format. That's how fake news work. They make you believe things because you, they already know emotionally you're tied to it. We don't want to believe that he did this. So they're playing on that. Stop, play, stop falling for that. Look for the facts and don't feel bad if you wanted to step away from it. A lot of us are, Stepping out of it until like, well, until I hear from either Jesse or his lawyer, I'm, I don't care what TMZ has to say. I don't care what the grill has to say. Complex, okay player. None of these are credible sources. None of y'all have the type of sources that the New York Times have. So unless, I almost feel like, it, it, you and know. even them are sometimes suspect as fuck. Yes. And I'm like saying like, okay, because you know, BuzzFeed just got in trouble. You know, not too long ago, about saying something was in the Mueller case, and then Mo, the Mueller people, who rarely speaks, came out and said, "Well, that, that's not too. That's not. That may not be accurate." So as I'm saying, we have to be mindful that when you see these type of stories, look at what they're saying. Read it first before you run out and say, "See, I knew." Like, no, you still, you have nothing still. Some well, also like this whole thing about sensationalizing news and whatnot. This has not been like a a random or a new thing. We have been seeing this for decades. Yeah. You know, when when CNN first came on, they would strictly do the news and then that was it. They didn't have in not every co anchor had their own show. <laughs> so now all of a sudden you see where, okay, the bigger the news, the bigger the story, yeah. the more the more people we have watching our network, the more money that we can make. Now all of a sudden you see all of this, this push to sensationalize shit. And I mean, you remember little uh, Johnny son of a bitch that fell down that well? <laughs> like back in, what was it? Back in the eighties, yeah. back in the nineties. I mean, that the... was, yeah, that, that was when the whole news cycle started revving up yeah way back in the 80s and um that that movie uh network that is still a viable piece of i will say history as far as what media does to manipulate Mm -hmm. their viewers Mm -hmm. um oh what was that uh the guy i forgot his name his speech um, at the end, near, well, near the end, I mean, it's still relevant to this day. Yeah. <sighs> and that's the hard part is because you, I'm watching it happen. I'm watching a lot of people that we follow and know take these stories. Like yesterday they was doing it like, see, like, look at this. I can't believe it. I'm like, y'all, if you read it, they got y'all. They got you. It's like they're the pod, you know, it's like Beijing of Body Snatchers. It's like they got you. They already mm-hmm. got you because it's like if you read the story, it tells you nothing new. It tells you nothing. They keep, they, the minute they say our sources, you should have just shut it down right there. Like, oh, well, you know what? I'm out. Like, as soon as they said that, if you ain't got a name, if they didn't say Michelle Obama said, then, you know, like, no, then no. So that's why I was mad 
I was very mad because I was like, they are playing y'all and you're not seeing it. But you're like, all of these, these sources is circumstantial at best, you know? Okay. So like hearsay does not stand up in the court of law. (laughs) It's so dope. Like, like, like think about it. If they went to the court, like TMC, who told you this? Our anonymous sources, who? But we can't reveal it. Then they'd be like, well, bitch, you get out. They'd be like, well, no, bye. You can't, can't do anything with that. Can't do anything with that. You're right. And it's so sad that we are now taking sources as reliable. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's rumors. That's stuff that we would do. Like, who said that you slept with her man? Well, I heard it on the street. No, that's not, no. You know what I'm saying? Hell, if you want to take it really broke, Think about that thing about Candy and Portia. <laughs> when when Portia thought Candy was trying to drug her to have sex with her. Where you hear that from? Well, somebody told me who? Phaedra. That's what I'm saying. You get like, oh, that's where it came from? Then, okay. You know that was a lie. It's the same type of stuff, y'all. The minute that you see people trying to stretch the story out as long as they can, they are trying to get y'all to get the clicks and the likes and the retweets. Don't fall for that. Y'all better than that. Just wait until the truth comes out and run with that. But don't run with all this other stuff. And don't attack people for asking you, why are you running for it? You have to think about, like, why am I running with this? So just, I can't wait till this is done. So we can move on. I'm kind of moving on already. And I really want Justin to get the help he needs. If it's a drug issue, as he's saying, or whatever, get the help. But also... If he did this, I'm going to be upset because, again, he's also, in, and we we can get in this another day, he's also enraged the MAGA folks because, again, this is right. Not, that's giving them the fuel, which I feel like if with the way things are going now, he gave them enough fuel that to just really feel confident in themselves because he shouldn't have done that if that was not the case. Because also, one more thing, y'all. Remember, he was found guilty for falsifying the situation, which if, you know, the brothers was involved with, you know, all this coming into, okay, that I I can see what the problem is. But it's giving them that fire that here you were using us as scapegoat and that wasn't us. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, damn, just giving them the fuel they need, which we don't really need. And then you got Trump out here. Trump. It just did not help. It just and it's didn't. very, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Like all of these, like CNN, MSNBC, uh, Good Morning America, all of these news outlets, like their first initial stories were about Jesse. It wasn't about the the white guy that had all of this automatic weapons and these bullets and whatnot trying to mark democratic donors and journalists. It wasn't about that. You know, that was like the fifth or sixth story. It wasn't about the the shooting uh, that killed five people. I forgot where. It wasn't about like the other mass shooting that happened in that industrial park. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand how this story as silly, as crazy as it is, it really isn't much news in regards to the other two. 
I'm just so tired. I'm, yeah, I'm exhausted with it. And I think after this, I'm not going to really tweet on it. Anymore. I'm not going to tweet about it, talk about it. I'm going to kind of follow your method. Of like, I'm just going to let it be. I said what I said. Some of y'all are mad at me, and that's fine. But I'm just going to be... I'm at the point where I'm like, look, we're going to have to just deal with the fact that if it's, if it's true, it's true. And the aftermath of that. And I hope, I hope that he is realizing what is happening um, and realize what has been in place. And we just have to do our best to hope this doesn't really take any more, any more energy away from real issues that are happening, especially when it comes to people who are being attacked. Um, or you know, be, you know, being murdered or killed. I hope this is not it. It to be honest, and I don't like this part either because people are saying now people won't never believe us. I'm like they never believed us, especially us mm-hmm. in color. They never believed us in the first place. Right. <laughs> like y'all, y'all never believed us. Yeah, so believed why us. in the fuck the, would this change anything? Yeah, you never believed us. But I don't want this to become. You know, you know, you hear people saying like, well, all these, all these situations are hoaxes. No. Hate crimes are not a hoax. Matthew Shepard, all the trans women of color who have been murdered, that, those are not hoaxes. Those were hate crimes and situations that are happen, that happened because of who they were. So no. No. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and take a break. Clean up this fucking tea because it's too much spilled. <laughs> I know too much. <laughs> All right, we're back. <sighs> yeah, we're still reeling from Aunt Mace too, but you know, thank y'all so much for keeping with us and enjoying the episode. And we're going to get into the king size issue, and we're going to keep it relatively light. Hopefully, we're going to talk about some of our favorite fantasy films. And you know, fantasy is something that is grand something that is magical a lot of different films can fit in this genre so victor what's one of your favorite fantasy films oh one we'll 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 go back and forth yeah one of my favorite ones is xanadu (laughs) Uh, of course (laughs) I mean, why is because it mixed everything that I love, Greek mythology, music and, and, and magic and stuff. It was just everything about it was just amazing. And then also around that time, for those who know, I, I love Wonder Woman. And so when I learned that Wonder Woman was part of Greek mythology, Xanadu was Greek mythology, it just really gave light to so many different things for me. And it was just wonderful to see that. And they were goddesses. And it was neat to see a black goddess. There was a black goddess. And I was like, wow, we can be gods too. And when I saw that, uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow, look at that. Look at that. That is amazing. And I remember just being so inspired by that. I, I think that movie got me into drawing and making my own stories. So that will always be my number one fantasy 
movie is because it was music, it was all this stuff in it, and maybe get into Greek mythology and writing and things. So that will always be my number one favorite fantasy movie. Awesome. I, you know, I've never seen Xanadu. Uh, how I can know. you be gay? <laughs> With style. Uh, no, you did. <laughs> um, let's see. One of my favorite ones is The Fifth Element. Directed by Luke Benson. Besson. Is it Besson or Besson? Besson. Yeah. Anywho, SARS, Bruce Willis, Milo Jovovich, Gary Oldman, and Chris Tucker. I always liked this because of how comic booky it was. I mean, it was based on a comic book, and the, the flying taxi cab was based on a comic book, The, the Circles of Power, written, uh, written by Pierre Christian. Uh, a lot of the CGI, as far as throughout the cities, reminded me of Midgar uh, from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I read somewhere Luke started writing this movie or the script for this movie when he was like 16. I was like, oh, okay. And Gary Oldman always plays a good bad guy, whether it's the fifth element, the professional he's always he's always been one of my favorite bad guys yeah and that soundtrack is so good <laughs> soundtrack is so good and of course the diva yeah i'm about to say just because of that alone exactly but yeah that's always that that's actually one of my favorite movies period yeah even though it's it can be a little hokey at times but I still like it. Yeah. Um, I also throw in The Last Unicorn. That was a lot to take in as a kid because it's a it's a cartoon animated. Mia Farrow plays the unicorn. Um but it was so much in it. There is Lord, a harpy with three titties. No, <laughs> no, I think it was a harpy. It was, yeah, it's a lot. You have to watch it. It's very heavy, but it was so beautiful. But there will always, it's the scene. Oh my God. Even when you see it as an adult, um, it, 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 it's very sad. There's a character, I forgot her name. She's like a, a cook or kind of a, a poor woman in a sense. And she's helping the young magic Smendrick. Um, they're trying to help the unicorn. And he's saying like, we got to help the situation. Um, and he sees, she sees the unicorn and she has this moment where she's like, no, no, where were you? when I used to believe, where were you when I used to dream? You know, like, where were you when I needed to have hope? And now look at me now, I'm nothing. It was just this moment of like, she's given up on everything, like hope and dreams and everything. And then she sees this unicorn and it's like, it, it slaps her in the face. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, I gave up believing in things and now I'm, I'm garbage. But then mm-hmm. now here you come, you're mocking me because when I gave up on you, now you show up. It was like that feeling. You have to see it. You have to see that. Just see that scene alone. And it was, it just kind of struck me like, wow, 
You know, here, you know, it makes me think about like times when we feel like giving up and we can't give up, but then when you do, and then when you see, well, if I would have hung in there just a little bit longer, you know, it's something like that, but it, it just takes me out. It always tears me up. So I'm always, that movie is amazing. It's an older movie. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Um, but The Last Unicorn will always be that movie for me. Now, who's in The, the Last Unicorn? Um, again, Mia Farrow plays the thing. Again, it's all animated. So, Oh, okay. Mia Farrow is the voice of the unicorn. Okay. I might have to check that out. Uh, another one for me is The Witches. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie, oh my God, it scared me as a kid back in the day, especially when Angelica Houston, she actually revealed her true form. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when they uh, shrunk the kids into mice, I was like, oh my God, please don't step on them, please don't step on them. It was, <laughs> that movie was so, it was so witty. And again, I've it's been a long time since I've seen this, but it's been. I like how dark and Tim Burton esque it was. Um, and it's one of the few movies, even though it did it did kind of poorly in the box office, it's still one of the few movies that still has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of odd how they can. It performs so poorly, but everybody likes it. Um, and it's it was a, a children's novel uh, under the same name. I, I don't think I've read the movie. I mean, read the movie, <laughs> read the book. But yeah, I've always liked The Witches. It just, it still kind of creeps me out a little bit once I think about it. No, it is because... Well, I think the grandmother where she was telling the story about her friend Greta and she was, that story about you know when Greta which went after her and Greta's in that picture and she will move like you can see Greta move from the hen house or to the farm to this to whatever but she's trapped in the picture because of the witch like that I was like that's a freaky story like you know when you look back at it um if y'all have not seen this the return to Oz is an effed up movie. It has the queen of witches herself, Rosa Balk. She is Dorothy. It's a Disney movie, y'all. <laughs> this, this movie is screwed up for Disney. It. Oh my god, I can I can't remember it all the way, but it is a lot. It has like headless people talk. Like, it, it, it's a lot in this movie, but it's Dorothy. They think Dorothy is crazy. It's like in a psychiatric war. Oh shit! Like it's it's intense. Like if y'all, if you can find it, 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 the funny thing is you don't. Is it rarely is out there? You can rarely see it. I don't know if you can actually rent it or something, but I know it's it's, it's a very strange movie. Um, but yeah, they it's it's like came out like in I think eighty five. Um and it didn't do really well. Like it was twenty five million to make, and I think they made like a, a eleven million back. But she goes back to Oz, Emerald Cities, and ruins. Um, it's a, a whole new evil empire. But it, it was just so dark. 
Um, but yeah, she is. <laughs> she is um, and it has her in the psychiatric ward. But she came back because you know you're thinking like you thought it was a dream. You know, you know with Dorothy, like everybody was like you know at the end of the you're like oh she's back home for family mm-hmm. life. But no, this movie's like well they think she's crazy. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy takes on you know classics yeah. or re reimagining you know like um well like on flashpoint paradox yeah how they had what was it batman's father was actually batman and batman's mother was the joker yeah i i really enjoy that kind of when you tilt something a certain way it looks different yeah I always enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. Another one that I like is Jumanji, the first one, not that new shit. Um, and that was also based off a children's book and a game under the same name. Uh, Robin Williams was at u- usual his best. The thing that always creeps me out is when the spiders started jumping out of the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ugh!" And I think I have some kind of mild case of arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always, well, I think that movie came out early '90s. I want to say '94, '95, or something like that. And I think I went to the theaters to see it. But it was, it's been, it was always one of my favorite movies during my childhood you know aside from the spider scene but and i would always want to play jumanji but i never you know my broke ass didn't have no uh that board game uh but yeah i always loved jumanji yeah yeah um oh jumanji it's funny because i remember when how Jumanji was like everybody was all into that. It makes me think about arachnophobia. Was that all around that same time that movie? Yeah, wasn't um who was in that? Brandy. <laughs> I remember Brandy was in arachnophobia. Brandy was in arachnophobia. Was. Who was the white guy? Wasn't it? I want to say Kurt Jeff Russell. Was it no? Oh, did you say Jeff Bridges? No, Daniels. Dan- oh well, yeah, tomato, think- tomato. They all look the same. Don't match you for that. If you want, if you want to get into the sci-fi, sci-fi stuff was interesting to me because sci-fi wasn't always space. So I will say, with sci-fi kind of quick stuff, uh, the Step for Wives, the one with uh, the original Kidman. No, no. Oh, I was about to say. I thought I knew (laughs) (laughs) Um, the original one. Because that, that was science. That was like, what if you could create these, you know, cyborgs, these women who are submissive to their husbands. Um, but in order to do that, you had to kill your wife. Like, you know, you had to kill your wife. And if you've seen the original or even read the original book, it is very interesting. And it's very, it's, I, the movie, I hate the movie. It's one of those movies where it does not end well. Mm-hmm. You know, the lead character, I don't want to spoil it, but you kind of have an idea. 
Um, and I love the fact that, you know, that played a part in Get Out for Jordan Peele. I think he was inspired by, especially Stephen Wise. But that was kind of something where you saw, like, wow, science can screw everything up. That was my first knowledge of, like, science can screw a lot of things up. Because it's, like, basically, instead of using cyborgs to, like, help people, there was, like, it was basically to keep white men to feel confident. Um, there was like a scene where it's like they go into the woman who played Tina, I forgot her real name, who played Ginger, Ginger on, uh, what's that? Gilligan's Island. She's in the movie. Um, and there's a scene where they, uh, the two characters are walking into the house. They were trying to find her and they hear her having sex with her husband. And they were like, what? Because the character was like, oh my God, you're so great. You're so wonderful. And they're laughing about it. But then you realize, like, wow, he created a robot of his wife so she could compliment him during sex and make him feel, you know, better about his small dick or whatever. So it's like, wow, that's how science can be used for evil. Uh Um, So that was when that's one of the first sci-fi movies that kind of hit me like, wow, this is closer to home than Alien. When I saw Alien, that threw me off because Alien, hell, you could get there was a toy you could buy the doll. There was like a well, a large action figure of Alien, and my cousin had. But then when I finally saw that movie, I was like, no, okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) Was the excuse me, original Stepford Wives movie was that in black and white? No, or color? Color. Okay. But you, if you get a chance, you need to just watch it because it is something else. Yeah, I need to, I need to check up on all my movies because I'm so far behind. Um, I don't have any more uh, that I've listed. Do you have any more? I have a couple of more. So, Legend, Legend is one of my favorite fantasy movies because I mean, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, you know, he was in there with his little thick thighs and he's wearing like these little briefs but at the same time he had like these little like those that little dress thing that knights wear whatever but you can every time he will squat down you can like okay that's another thing that was me in my teen days when everything made you horny um but besides that it had tim curry as the darkness he was that horned beast that was just fabulous fabulous and then entire movie and you had um i forgot her name she's a nun mia um she was the love interest of tom cruise but in it it was fairies and trolls and there's this scene where she embraced the darkness and the darkness woman is dancing with her it's a beautiful scene and then when she embraced it they join together she becomes this dark version of herself it is a very fascinating movie it has it comes down to what she's tricked. It's like an Adam and Eve story because she is tricked and giving the unicorns to the darkness the same way as, as Eve is tricked to get the apple. But, and they take the horn from a unicorn and that causes disruptance in the world by doing that. And the ending is so pretty and it's a beautiful song by Rush, I think. I think it's Rush um, that does this song that's really cute. And I always love that movie. And I think my other fantasy movie um, that will always just kind of, I will always like it 
because it's silly, is Midnight Offerings. It's, it's a, my favorite witch movie, too. But Midnight Offerings was a fantasy because it was about these two teen witches. One was good, one was bad. Melissa Sue Anderson was the bad witch, which if you were watching Little House on the Prairie, probably threw you off. Because <laughs> she was Mary. And she was, Mary went through a lot. Anyway, um, and the other, the, the good witch was a woman from the Walton. So it was like two of the perfect white women on TV at the time. Um, it's a it's a TV movie, but you can watch it on YouTube too. Um, but those and there's a lot of other fantasy movies, but those are the ones that played a role in me growing up and liking fantasy things to this day. Yeah, I, I always liked uh, fantasy is interesting because it can be so broad you know you could be science fiction fantasy you can be action fantasy comedy fantasy horror fantasy you know it's not just it's very left to interpretation yeah yeah and i I think that it'd be nice to see those type of movies again um to some degree i mean they're, they're slowly coming back but i would like to see mostly they're coming back like in mostly for like netflix and hulu but I'd like to see more of that and more diverse. Again, as we, as we talked about earlier, more diverse. It shouldn't be as white as we've seen so far. But yeah, it, just more of these type of stories because we like it. Right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. And oh, it's been a, while, a long one. Yeah. As always, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Mechachine Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz, Rick is at Wonderman 5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Mechachine Pod. Visit our website at mechachinepod.com. Um, let's see. Anything else? I think that about covers it. That's about it. Yep. So stay out of folks' business. <laughs> keep to your own scared money don't make money sure. closed legs don't get fed <laughs> and we'll go see y'all later <laughs>